Did you dunk the Twix into no, no. your tea? No, no, I bit both ends off, so now it's like a endless Twix, and then I dunk, used it as a straw. And honestly, that tea, as it goes through the caramel no, no, and no, warms no, it no. up, is What do you mean, used it as a straw? Point. Yeah, you know what, actually, that sounds pretty good. On point, I kid you not, you have to try it. Okay, I'm just, I'm gonna hang up, man. <laughs> I mean... Same, you, you're, just, you're just weird. Well, I think... Uh, given the fact that Zucky backs me and I back me, and the fact that Zane, you're wrong, I think this, I am, we've decided, we've decided that annoyed. this is. Sorry, Zane, you're wrong. You're just wrong. You're wrong. Wrong. you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think we're just going to take this and stay on the high road here, but um, shall we start the episode? Yeah, although Zane's Zame, probably despondent now. He's just, he's he's just, just sulking he's just now. sulking in the corner. It's okay, Zane, we forgive you. Zane. Zane. <laughs> Unacceptable. Perfect, he's still alive. Right. So, hello and welcome to another episode of The Lockdown Traveller with me, Zaki and Zame. This is a show all about identifying intricate itineraries and in Zame's case, memorising the map of the subway system in case we get lost and all copies of the subway map disappear from everywhere. Yeah, that's pretty true. Very true. Yeah, you need to be ready. This episode is all about Japan. Now, given that we can't cover all the things we would like to talk about Japan in one sitting, this is very much the first flyover of this great country. We thought long and hard about how we would divide the content for Japan, whether we do it historically or geographically, and then after much deliberation, we decided that we will never be that organised, and we will talk about everything in a chaotic manner. But to retain some sanity, please do see our blog, uh, thelockdowntraveller.blogspot.com, for specific attraction links and some, some semblance of structure. So, gents, some facts, please. Um, did you know that in Japan you can go and see a crying sumo contest where wrestlers must compete to see who can make a baby cry first? I'll be honest, the pictures are weird. Don't Google it. And the other fact... That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> what do you Google, though? Like? <laughs> yeah, everybody is going to have a... And the other thing is, um, Japan has over 5 million vending machines. Mm-hmm. That's that's 23 vending machines for every one person. And you can buy everything from clothes and food to technology to whatever. Everything is... Access- Live crabs, you can buy them, the animals, from the vending machines as well. I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, I was going to ask, like, what can you get? And now you're telling me you can get live crabs from a vending machine. You can, you can. What do you do with it, though? Like, you can't just stuff it. Ali could probably get a friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's going to be difficult, mate. No, no. It it would just be like, nah, mate, (laughs) put me back in. (laughs) It would be like, nah, I'm out, mate, I'm out. Can a crab moonwalk? Um, That's probably not, because they can only, they can strafe, can't they? Yeah, I mean, but their hands are like perfect for like mic drops, though. Yeah, I mean, is it is it moonwalking if they're walking sideways? I don't know. I don't yeah. think so, unless they want to go right and they go left. Yeah, I can practically see Sir David Attenborough, you know, wiping the sweat off his forehead, going, "Phew, my job's safe." They don't know the answer to this one. <laughs> for now, for now, for now, for now. Um, Zane, what's your fact to get us going? Did you know that in Japan there is a highway that goes through a building? I did not know that, but tell me more. Is that because somebody crashed into the building? No, no, it's the Hanshin Expressway, and it goes directly through the gate tower buildings, 5th, 6th, and 7th floors. What? Oh. Yeah, and the building's um, walls and floors are completely soundproof, so the people in the building don't actually hear anything. Wow, that's crazy. 
That's nice. They also have the... I think there's... I don't know which one it is, but I think they have a train service that goes through in between the building and the stations are, like, in between in between oh, the buildings. Wow. Please tell me that the tunnel is, like, transparent so you can actually see the cars as you're working. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't That'd be cool, so. though. That would have been awesome. That'd be quite scary as well to see. Yeah, no, that, that's... that's it, and I'm surprised that it's not made a mention in, you know, one of the, the action movies because that sounds really good. Because when you were telling me, I thought it would be, like, a horizontal tunnel uh, going through one floor, but the fact that it's through a, very, yeah. a variety of floors, that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, Mark, my one is uh, is all about Chindogu, which is inventing silly and useless gadgets to solve everyday problems. So it's it's this whole artist, this whole way of doing stuff, and some of the some of the inventions are amazing. So they've got like a butter grater where you put a, a block of butter and you can kind of grate the butter to spread it on your bread, which is that's smart. That's smart. I would say that's not useless. That's clever. Yeah, because you spread butter, you ruin the bread. Yeah. Some of them yeah. are less clever. So you've got mobile toilet paper. So it's literally having toilet paper on your head, which you can pull down if you want to blow your nose. That's um, not a bad idea either, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a bit weird though. But my favourite has to be the, the helmet plunger or the uh, the travel helmet. So think of a construction hat here. And mm-hmm. you put the construction hat on, you're sitting on the tube, you put the hat on, and then behind your hat, there's like a plunger, which you slump or stick onto the window. So now your your head is not going to be falling anywhere if you go to sleep. And then the best part is you stick a little label on the front of the helmet saying, please wake me up at Holborn Station. And that's it. I think it's brilliant. I mean, would you feel comfortable sleeping on public transport? In Japan, yeah. Probably. In Japan, yeah. In London, God no. Like, nothing's comfortable about that place. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that on the underground, would you? So, who wants to get us started then? So, we've talked about some facts, but we need some attractions now to really get people involved with this. The crying sumo thing's an attraction. I'm going to argue that one. Okay, so what I are mean, the... is it difficult the... to make a baby cry? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't go around trying it normally. You guys might know better than me, but... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really around, allowed around children. Um, <laughs> So. <laughs> I remember that time you were in the park and that <laughs> we were sat there around, we were sat in the park in Camberwell. Oh yeah. And there was that kid that came up to you and tried to sit on your lap and you went, no, 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 and pushed him away. <laughs> oh God. Mate, <laughs> I don't want to get involved in any of that stuff, but what, uh, that was a bit, it was, I'm, I panicked, I panicked. Yeah, you freaked out. I've never seen you more scared. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, apart from the time when I broke the toaster, but oh yeah, that was that was as well. That was. I mean, that, that was, was terrifying. Good. That was yeah. terrifying. But are they allowed to use props? Uh, these sumo wrestlers to scare babies? I don't think so. I think they just have to make sounds and pull faces and stuff. Huh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 intrigued. So definitely one to look at. <laughs> um, yeah. So one thing which is an attraction, which is a weird attraction, but it's called the Scramble Crossing, which is at Shibuya Station, Tokyo. And it's one of those ones where you look at it and you're like, it's a, it's an intersection and there are zebra crossings and there are zebra crossings diagonally as well, like we have at Oxford Street. But 2.8 million people use that crossing a day. So it's a, it's a hotspot where you can go and put a time lapse on. And mm. you can just see people going crossing really, really quickly. It, it's, it's quite nice. It's quite iconic. Um, and some people have started taking like a 360 selfies in the center of the thing and then get absolutely harassed by all the um, vehicles because they're waiting for you to get off because clearly the, the traffic lights have changed. But yeah, it looks good. I want to go see it. That's like the Japanese equivalent of uh, Times Square, right? Yeah, I would say so. Actually, you want to know an interesting fact, which actually kind of involves the square? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when we said we're going to do Japan, right, there were obviously so many movies I could talk about that were either sort of filmed in or Mm. set in Japan. Uh, I could talk about Studio Ghibli Museum, or the uh, Hashima Island in Nagasaki where they filmed Skyfall, or the Zijoji Temple for the Wolverine, or something from Godzilla. 
Okay. But honestly, the first movie that came to mind was obviously Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And wow. I was like... <laughs> sorry, can, can we just pause there? <laughs> that, that, that's a shocking revelation. I'm Say sorry, that again with a straight face. Out of all the movies, which one did you pick? Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, because mm-hmm. it is a classic. And I was like genuinely excited to visit some of the places, right? And I looked it up online, and you know what? You want to know what I found out? The majority of the film is actually shot in Los Angeles, not Japan. No joking. Come on. Apparently, it was it was impossible to film in Japan because of permits and actors' schedules, and they couldn't really get permission to close down the roads for their action sequences. That sucks. So what they did instead, right, is they recreated bits of Tokyo in LA and um, they only used like a few establishing shots in Tokyo, like that shot of the, the dad's house in the alleyway or that overhead shot where they show that football field on top of a building. Right. But apart from that, almost all of it was shot in um, Los Angeles, like the bit in the beginning where DK is drifting up the spiral car park. Mm-hmm. That's a Hawthorne Plaza in LA. Uh, the scene where they're being chased by DK and Han gets his car smashed up. Mm-hmm. Even the bit where they're doing the slow motion drift in Shibuya Square. Yeah. That was all just green screen and visual no effects. And That's really annoying. It's annoying, but it's actually, it's really, really clever how they did it because basically the top of the car park is massive and they recreated that entire Shibuya Square scene there. They used green screens. They had to use high-resolution photos and LiDAR scans to create, like, 3D models mm. of the entire square. They got CG people walking in the, you know, in front of the buildings and on the road. When the car comes out, they have to figure out the reflection of the car on the building when they're driving past. I mean, a lot of work went into it. It's really impressive, but also super annoying that it wasn't filmed not, in yeah. Tokyo. Yeah, that is kind of disappointing. But, yeah, you say quite impressive, actually. I just didn't care for that movie. I mean, the, how old is the guy? What I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I gay. think he was supposed to be in high school, but the dude was, like, 20-something. Drift? <laughs> drift? What do you mean, Drift? But that's yeah. disappointing, but this, regardless of the car, the car tuning scene yeah. in Japan, is just ridiculous. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's insane. There's, uh, there's too many companies to list, like, the amount of tuning companies that there are in Japan. Pretty much all of the big ones that you've heard of will be there. I just want to talk about one called the Top Secret, which is a company, a car customizing company. Mm-hmm. Uh founded by Kazuhiko Nagata whose nickname is Smokey. 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 Formula His Drift friend the bandit. Driver no no Formula Formula Drift driver um he's won multiple different things but the big kind of thing that he's famous for at least in the UK in 1999 he made this Supra right and modded it to produce over a thousand brake horsepower from a Supra in a Supra, and he shipped okay. it to the UK, and he wanted to achieve 200 miles an hour on somewhere in the UK. And so, 4am, he got out on the A1, and hit 197 miles an hour in the wet. What? In his Supra. Wow. On the, the A1. In the UK. And then he got nicked, somebody police pulled him over, though I think he let them pull him over <laughs> with the speed he was going. Uh, he, they jailed him for a night, he paid 190 quid fine, and then he was deported back to japan but since then is actually that supra is, is for sale now his gold one How much all is his it? best cars i don't know it doesn't say but his his best cars are all in this signature gold color if you've seen them you would he's done a load of s14s and s15s mm-hmm. um a couple of fair ladies and that supra which i think i think that's got a v12 in it now but they are for sale but that's just a cool thing that he he did in the uk to hit 100 and i don't know if many of you might not have been on the a1 right uh, yeah it's not the best of roads. It's really right? not. I was going to say, like, I'm trying to think which part of it has a nice straight. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, c- I couldn't picture where he could have possibly done it. In the wet as well. My In the goodness. wet. But there you go, 197. That is like impressive. You're going to shoot me, but I if I had to pick a car which I just, just don't care about, it would be the Tunis, and I'm really sorry. But Okay, let's move on then, because I know. otherwise I will stab this wounded all of you that I've got in my, in my pocket. <laughs> Actually, I mean, you want to talk about tuning cars, right? Go on. Mm. Well, uh, yeah. Are you guys familiar <laughs> with Dajiban? If I say yes, can we move on? <laughs> it's... It's literally the uh, Japanese pronunciation of Dodge Van, and it's all about getting yourself an old Dodge Van, like something from the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. modifying it, and then doing some racing. And you're telling me that's not cool, Ellie? Are you telling that me that's does, not That cool? does actually sound pretty cool, actually. So it's a Dodge Van, which you just mod up, and you go and do stupid things with it. Yeah, I mean, people have stuck, like, you know, 5.2-litre Magnum V8 engines. <laughs> They've got, like, one dude uh, modded the doors so they open, like, you know, the Tesla Model X? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some dudes got like spinning rims, they got neon lights under the car, there's all nice. kinds of cool internal stuff happening as well, which I don't fully understand car stuff. But uh, <laughs> like, I just thought it was really cool that such a random and specific model yeah. and type of car, and it's got a huge subculture in Japan. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. That is, it's a very, like I say, a very specific, very unique thing. But yeah. I think the more you look into the Japan tuning culture, we won't go into it in detail, but yeah, there's just so much, especially in the supercar and hypercar tuning area, which is just... Yeah, that I can get by. That, I was like, yes, 100%. That's, that sounds brilliant. Like All the way down to like the very basic models like Zayn's talking about. That's what's fun, because you can still make it unique and interesting and have a have a blast with something that's just... Yeah, and these guys are like drifting an old, battered up old van. They're just drifting around the... That's got the steering yeah, box jammed. That's not cool. You're telling me that's not cool. For, for, it's like I'm a purist when it comes to cars so whenever I see like you know those shows like Pimp My Ride and the guy's like hey I got an Audi A7 and then they go and hey we put an aquarium in the boot I was like what is wrong with you yeah people? but that's 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 Pimp that's a very I mean yeah how are you going to transport your crabs I don't like crabs to it's your got house? a good point actually Zayma's got a good point how is he going to transport stuff like that but crabs can walk outside of water what about fish I you hate transport fish, fish. Yes, you don't hate fish don't I like. hate fish I you like don't. eating fish I hate fish I like sushi yeah, so you like fish. No, fine. I do but like yeah, sushi. how else are you going to transport it? That's a solid idea. Like the barbecues and stuff, that's a great idea. You know? Oh, is this coming back to your plan of having that tandoori uh, pot in the <laughs> back it's of your car? It's a good idea, man. I need to make yeah, a cast. Yeah. yeah, it's a perfect idea. It will happen. That thing weighs two tons. It doesn't need. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, while you're just waiting <laughs> on the traffic light, just Portable make sure you go to it. Crack right? it in there, sell a couple off if you need to. You know, perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> finger, idea. Finger other drivers, you know, frisbee style. <laughs> I don't see any flaws. Yeah, I mean, within 10 years, you'll be making a profit. Yeah, Japan, guys, Japan. Right, right. right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, moving past Zucky's rotis. Um, <laughs> I bet that's never a statement you thought you'd ever make. I know, I know right, honestly. honestly. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, again, as much as uh, I might not be a fan of tuning, the stuff that you've talked about is something which I want to go see, like the Dodge vans, the tuning cars, the companies. It just sounds brilliant, so why not, you know? Mm. Um there's a place called Shinjuku, which is uh, a place, again, in Tokyo, which has neon signs everywhere. Um, and it's kind of um, called a haven for nerds, or the nerd's paradise. So it's like the gangster's paradise, but the equivalent, but for nerds. Hey, you can't call it the gangster's <laughs> no. paradise. Otakus, I think, is the word in Japan that's used. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's got neons upon neons. It's got the VR restaurants. It's got some, like, there's one which is called Alice in, Alice's Labyrinth, which is a restaurant where you can go, and this has got nothing to do with my Ikea pencils, I'm pretending to be a giant mm-hmm. scenario, which mm-hmm. we talked about in the previous episode, but there, there's a room in this Alice, uh, Alice's Labyrinth restaurant,
restaurant where you are served on huge dinner plates um, and a huge uh, cutlery so you feel like you're really really small um, and that's one of the rooms and obviously one of the other rooms is that you're a huge giant and then you have to do it. so but it, it's something which is interesting to me so the, the food is massive as well, or is it just a cutlery? The food's massive as well, apparently, according to the pictures. So the food bit, I'm, I'm all right about, but the other bit is like, I, mean, I already feel small enough as it is. I don't want to feel any smaller. With all the but no, but it's smaller and, and bigger. Yeah, what, what would be the weirdest food to make massive? Yeah, that's a good question. Like a fried egg. Yeah, that'd be pretty difficult to do, actually. Mm. Yeah, like a pizza would be a bit of a cop-out, yeah. isn't it? Because you can just yeah, it's stretch it. Come on, listen. Yeah. Cornflakes? Which one? Who, who orders cornflakes? There's a cereal cafe as well. Actually, I want to learn more about this VR thing. Like, I'm assuming it's not full VR, right? It's probably augmented reality, because how else oh, are you no, no, sorry, sorry. The, lab- the Alice's Labyrinth is, is actual physical. There's no VR involved. So it's, it's all physical, actual things which you can look and touch and feel, which is why it appeals to me. But the VR... I know, oh, right? Yeah, the of VR side of things is there's like a, a cafe next door which has Mario, which you can play in VR. So you are <laughs> seeing through, <laughs> you can see through the eyes of Mario and see what he has to go through and what he has to deal with on a day-to-day situation. Yeah, living the dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> know, so, so sucky. This is like, oh uh-huh. yes, the milk sewers. And yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, there's there's that as well. But also, I when I when I was over there, I actually I was on the hunt for a uh, Charizard Pokemon card, the one which I really wanted. And just by going through the streets, you are completely lost in in the the neon and the the costumes and the mad stuff happening everywhere. And then you go up to a shop and you go, "Hi, I'd like to buy that Pokemon card." And without people going, "What's wrong with you? What kind of person are you?" The guy goes, "Ah, oh, perfect. We have an excellent selection of Pokemon cards." And you're like, "Whoa, okay." And he's like, "Would you like the vintage one or the Japanese original?" And you're like, "Uh, Japanese, please." And the person behind me in the line had a full-on suit, so he's clearly finished work and he's buying a doll shop. So it's a very weird environment. Environment, oh. But it's fantastic, and um, yeah, we should definitely go and have a little venture around that space. I'm picturing that scene in John Wick too. You know when he goes to get the guns in the thing, mm. and he's like, "Yes, sir." Would you like to? Do oh that? yeah, that's yeah. what I'm picturing with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I wasn't expecting that. Like cards, I <laughs> yeah, need exactly. lots of cards. I mean, I always collected Pokemon cards. I never knew how to play with them. Yeah, same, same. I didn't even know you could play. Yeah, them. No, I didn't know that either. I just like the shiny ones. I just looked at the pictures and be like, "Yo, this is a shiny card. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is this?" Zaki, do you you remember Digimon? Yes, I remember us being completely outraged by it when it came out and boycotting it as like whatever six year olds. Yeah, like how dare they? I still remember, because it used to be on CITV, Pokemon used to be on CITV, and then um, they swapped it out for Digimon like a couple of months later, and I remember Zane was just sitting there sulking for at least two hours, you know, like teardrops in his thing, and he's looking out the window like all life is, you know, meaningless. And then mum nudges me and goes, what's wrong with your brother? I was like, oh, he's going through some tough things. And then mum goes up to Zane and goes, Zane, what's wrong? And then Zane actually goes, they swapped out Pokemon for Digimon. Uh, And... That's what he that's sounded like. Yeah, as a six-year-old, old. that's what he sounded like. You're like, a, you know, like you've been smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Chain-smoking gangster yeah. from East um, Beckham. <laughs> then you're like, yeah, how dare they? And you you were sulking. And mom just looked at me like, what am I supposed to do? I was like, I don't know. He's a weird she child. She said to your dad, grab the shotgun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we failed. The solution to all of life's problems. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is a very few things that that isn't solved. I mean, if we make one thing very clear from this podcast to anyone listening, we do not condone Digimon in any manner. I mean, to be fair, the Digimon PS1 game you had, that was kind of cool. Yeah, Metal Greymon was pretty cool. Okay, yeah. I have a question, right? One of them turned into a wolf, right? One of them turned into the other thing. Which one of them was cooler? I thought this was a legit question. 
Here's um, a legit question. The dinosaur was cooler. That was Michael right? Greymon. The dinosaur was 100% Greymon. cooler. Yeah, or Skull, Skull Greymon. Yeah, like, nobody's going to pick Garurumon. What is that stupid wolf? No. Yeah, no. It's like, seriously, what even is that? Yeah, yeah. sort your life out. I know. Anyway, yes, Japan. <laughs> the only thing... Japan. Yeah, sorry, let's, let's just move on. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about some horror stuff again. Let's do That's it. That's a surprise. I know, right? It's a shocking thing. I, I, yeah. So, would you like to know about the longest and scariest haunted house in the world? When you say longest, what does that mean? As in, it takes the longest to complete. Hmm. And it's, I think it's, what is it, 900 meters, is it? So, this place is called the Labyrinth of Fear. Nice. That's a good name. Okay. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> Pass the name, name check. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, it's a haunted house. Um, it's set in a haunted hospital. That it's a real old haunted hospital that used to mm-hmm. exist in Japan. Like I said, it's about 900 meters long. And there are actors and stuff that jump out and scare the yam out of you. Um, and they'll chase you. <laughs> And they will go and hunt you down and do all the stuff that they can do to to make sure you're thoroughly creeped out. Wow. But I don't want to give too much away because I think people should experience it kind of freshly. But you can find it. It's pretty much... I will put a link up. I think it's called the Fuji Q Highland. It's in that area. So we'll put up a link anyway. But the only thing that I want to say is that if you are thinking of going, there are three, maybe four tips that you should know. So number one is don't go alone. They actually won't let you in if you go alone because it's too scary. Really? So Wow. Yes, so make sure you go with somebody because otherwise you won't be let in. So the second thing is people will chase you. They will run, so you will have to run. So make sure you are prepared to do that because they will attack. They will chase you. What happens mm-hmm. if they catch you? Ah, uh, you get murdered. And number yes. three, <laughs> uh, if you want a t- slightly kind of milder version, you can buy what's called an omamori, which is a lucky charm or an amulet. But in this case, it glows in the dark. So once you get into the hat, once you get into it, it signals to the actors that you're a little bit of a wuss. No, no, of the more scared ilk. So they won't scare you as much. That's actually pretty smart. That's, yeah. I thought it would be like, uh, you know, like, oh, you're scared? Here, wear this glowing amulet. And they no, won't I thought it would you. be like you can hire <laughs> yeah. someone to yeah. walk with you. Oh yeah, God. so that's a good idea. I like that. And then the fourth one is, if you're super scared, you can buy underwear in the park. You can buy you can underwear. Buy you can in the event, they they will sell it to you in Fiji Q Highland just in case you encounter an emergency because it has been history of people urinating themselves in the park because it is so scary. I mean, that's yeah. I wasn't worried about urinating. I was worried about the other one. <laughs> well, that too. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much like the stand, like the gold standard for a good horror, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, there were sure. those. Uh, yeah, sure. Was it? I think Resident Evil or something. When it was released on the PS4, they sold each game with an extra pair of underwear just to showcase, like. This is a scary game. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Also, speaking of that, speaking of nappies, apparently in Japan, they sell more nappies for adults than they do for children because of the the aging population. There are more pets in Japan than there are children. There are more pets than children. Yeah. So you can the the nappies for adults are in very multiple supply. You can get them in pretty much anywhere. Just going back to your haunted um, story, Mm -hmm. can you fight back? No. Okay. Well, you can try, I guess. I don't okay. know. I'm guessing that they'll be like, don't, don't attack them if they attack you. Yeah. But seriously, the, I mean, you know, guys know me. I'm, I'm pro- I'd consider myself a horror veteran, but this stuff looks 100%. proper, proper good. It, it's that Alton Towers scare fest thing to shame. And that's very good. So I yeah, mean, to be honest, I can't be bothered to run. Like, if I walked, would they just walk behind me? I think you'd be inclined to run once you saw them. 
yeah, I definitely want to go see see the pictures first before going through it because that sounds really good. Yeah, this this sounds pretty cool actually. And we've already touched on the subject, so I, can I just make a, an opinion here? I think that Japanese toilets are lush. God, I think they're talk brilliant. About this again. It's really important. When I was doing my research, it cropped up over and over again. The only reason it cropped up is you probably Googled it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to... We don't need to know what you were actually searching for. Until you've used the toilet which sings a lullaby to you whilst blowing bubbles up your... um, With a heated seat, you you will not experience true bliss. I don't want any of that. The heated seat sounds nice. I'll give you that one. But the rest of it doesn't sound appealing. No, no. Have you sat on a warm toilet seat? It's not a comfortable feeling. Actually, you Disgusting. Got, yeah, no, 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 no. Right, no. Is right, it? Actually. Are you disgusted because you know it's been heated up by someone else, or because if it's heated up by a machine, then you're like, oh, that's, that's actually quite pleasant, like heated seats in a car. That's a good point too. I don't know. I just uh, it, it. Of all the things in my life that I've used, I've never looked at a toilet and gone, you know what? That thing needs to be technologically advanced. There's there's nothing about it that needs. It's simple. You don't want to spend your time in there. It's supposed to be a simple, clean. You can quick. adjust the pressure. Of the the cleaning valves. Okay, I was. Hang on, I'm sorry. Bit... You're against car modding, but toilet modding you fully support. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, yeah. But the weird part, which I even I have to take a stand and say I'm not a big fan of it, was once you've you're, you're done your business and everything, it actually says nom 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 nom. Thank you. And then flushes, which is that's a bit too far for me. That's weird. I think man. you're that's lying. Weird. I think that's the noise Ali made when he saw it flushing. <laughs> No, no, genuinely. Um, yeah. I, I just wanted to say, because you touched on the, the, the whole extra pants and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was a nice connect, you know? It says nom, nom, nom. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it laps it up. I'm, not, I'm um, not sure. That's uh, okay. I would have to take your word for it, I guess. After, I'm going to find it. If I can find it, I'm going to stick it in the blog thing. Nobody like, wants to see that. Nobody wants to Google. No, don't do it. Don't do it on your work what laptops or phones. I mean, I do yeah. know that they had... Um, it was a thing in Japan that women were kind of shy or modest, and they didn't want people to hear them using the bathroom. And so Japanese toilets have a fake flushing sound or some extra noises built in to sort of cover the other sounds. They have that in all the big supermarkets and uh, shopping centers. So that's the default. Like, that's not even modded anymore in Japan. That's that's the default. You can ch- you can select what background noise you want. But here's the thing, right? <laughs> like what? Uh, like what? A seashore? <laughs> like, like seagulls? Yeah, on a, like yeah, a crackling see, fire? Like what? So far, three out of three, Zuki. Well done. <laughs> like, literally, crackling fire, seagulls, or a seashore are no, the but default. the thing is, right, if I, if I go into a bathroom and you don't hear any noise and I come out, you have no idea what's going on there, right? If I go in and suddenly you hear the sound of crackling fire, you're like, yeah, I know what he's up to in there, right? If you went in there, right? If you went in there, silence, and then I heard it was, gah, gah, something's like, gone what? wrong. You're, he clearly didn't chew his food. Uh, right? There's something that's not going right there. Oh my god, okay, I'm thinking I, mean, I brought it up, I just thought it was... Just soundproof the toilets, right? That would be step one. Yeah, well, what else is it? What, drive-buying of cars on the motorway, that background, a washing machine. All I'm going to say is that don't bash it until you've tried it. Right. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Okay, so toilets <laughs> aren't an attraction then. I mean, they were for me, but... Okay, yeah, but... Fine. Uh, well, I'll actually... I'll speak Let, of something that's us, actually give, an yeah. attraction because it's robotic on, like, your s- weird nom-nom toilets. The, there is a hotel, which, again, probably has the same thing that I was talking about. Toilet. It's called the Henna Hotel, which is also known as the Weird Hotel, uh, which is pretty much run entirely by robots. Hmm. And the best thing is, they're not just robots. They're, I mean, it's no, they're velociraptors. 
on reception. They're velociraptor. They're velociraptor. Velociraptor robots. Have we learned nothing from Jurassic Park? On <laughs> dinosaurs on the counter, with they actually have for some reason they have eyelashes. I don't know why that's a detail in here, but anyway, you can they they'll check you in. They'll do all the stuff for you. They have an automated trolley which takes your luggage to your room. They don't have keys. They have voice, like a uh, facial recognition because the Velociraptors can't handle keys. I mean, yeah, I was going to say like a T-Rex would be useless. Like, here are your keys, sir. And it's like, yeah. like sticking out of his thing. Like, <laughs> can't even reach out. So, so that's why they use facial recognition instead. Then that's how they maps the door to your face and things like that, which is that's pretty, pretty cool. clever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not a gimmick, it's actually used genuinely to help the efficiency, and it works pretty well apparently, it's open on Friday. I think they have, um, they can. I think they've got like a little robot cloakroom thing as well, which shows how the actual system works, and they just put the, whatever they want over the top of it. Apparently you can stay there for about 9,000 yen, which is $80 a night, which seems like a lot, but actually apparently it's a bargain in Japan, because it costs double as much for other places, or maybe even three times as much. Yeah, hotels are expensive, yeah. And they have yeah. these concierges, which are robots as well, which are which tell you about breakfast and information and things like that. And they also have these robots, which are called, uh, I think it's something to do with tulips. I can't remember what it's called. Tuli, it's called, called the Tuli, and it's a lamp-sized robot, and it answers questions such as what time. It's effectively like an Alexa in your room. Mm-hmm. But just considering this was there for quite a few years before that, which is pretty cool. So they have a couple of like people there just in case something goes wrong. But yeah, it sounds pretty cool. They the only thing they said is they the robots can't make beds yet. That's the only thing that they said <laughs> they haven't been able to get. But the rest of it pretty good. Yeah, sounds fun. That sounds pretty good. And so two leaps a lamp, did you say? Yeah, two leaps a lamp. It's a lamp-sized robot, and it okay. looks like a fat tulip. Yeah, that's a, that's something which I've uh, realised. And just just to add on to that really really quickly, because um, when I was doing some research, I came across a a term called sukamogami, which is uh, and I did practice that in the mirror. Um, is an umbrella term for tools or household objects that after their hundredth birthday they gain a soul. So they're depicted as friendly, but they they have souls. So your vacuum cleaner, your Alexa, your 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 TV, your PlayStation control speaker, all of those, these things after their hundredth birthday they get a soul, um, and that's really nice. But if you throw that tool away or they're misused, they become vengeful towards their previous owners. So you can get a possessed futon or a lantern or an umbrella and to keep make sure that these souls remain happy there are random little i'm not going to call them junkyards but there's little random allotments all over japan where you just recycle or throw the things away because you don't want to throw them into landfill and you make them vengeful how common is it to get past the 100th birthday there's a really strong uh, belief in Japan that where you can upcycle or recycle, do it. So it's actually against the law to throw away household appliances and stuff. You have to try and either recycle it or break it apart and do That's something nice. with it. You can't just throw it away, which is like really, that. really nice. I like yeah, that. yeah. I like that efficiency and that mentality. There's also a thing that you, apparently there aren't any Japan. Uh, there aren't any janitors in Japan. It's not. A, it's not a thing because there aren't any what? Everybody just cleans up themselves. There aren't any what? Sorry? Janitors. Oh right, I did janitors, not. I was sorry. thinking there's, something there's, toilet related. Sorry. Welcome to the show where we talk about toilets and genitals. Right, no, there's no janitors in, in Japan because everybody's ingrained just to clean up themselves. So the streets are like spotless, but that's just because people clean up after themselves, they don't litter. It's just a really cool culture. And, and, and apparently if they do have like the occasional street cleaners and stuff like that, but it's considered a really respectable job. So if you have that on your CV, for example, mm-hmm. in Japan, it's got a lot of wealth to it it's got a lot of like you know strength to it so it's considered mm. quite a noble and respectable profession i really like that that's a really good sentiment yeah yeah it's something pretty cool in the whole and even i think i remember in the world cup it was quite cool because they 
I think it was the last World Cup where Japan, I can't remember yeah. who they were playing, but after the, after the stadium, after the match, they would just go around with plastic bags and pick up all the rubbish mm-hmm. that had been left around the stadium, which was just like, wow, that's such a cool a cool concept yeah. to ingrain. That's, that's brilliant, yeah. Can't imagine that happening at Peckham, can you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's cool. That's it's quite a nice thing. Yeah. But yeah, I like that concept, like you said, about it being quite special and the, the, the whole idea of things getting vengeful or having some kind of soul to them later on yeah which is kind of yeah. nice but i mean my again it's, i suppose it's not a, a gripe but it's just something that when i was doing the research things went from zero to 100 really quick and i know that we've talked about other stuff like cali in the past or the um, the wedding of the devil um, where things go from zero to 100 really quickly but i was trying to find some sort of myth which I would like to talk about here and see, see an attraction. But there were just so many to pick from and they just go a bit all over the place really. So um, there's a, a humanoid reptile called a kappa which in- inhabits Japan's rivers and ponds and they're short, scaly, have beaks. They're mischievous and they have uh, magical powers and they're quite nice. And they're malevolent but they're very, very polite. So, so far you're thinking of like a weird, happy, curious creature, I suppose, like Zame. Um, yeah, I'm not happy. And they, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah that's the key. Yeah, that's, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, but, and they carry this little bowl, which they're like, hey, <laughs> um, I need this bowl. Uh, I don't know why, but they carry it with them. And if passerbyers bow to them and fill up their bowl, they'll be like, thanks, mate. You're my friend and an ally for life, mate. Can you imagine an army of this? Um, fill of it, cappers. Fill the bowl up with what? Doesn't specify, so again, you can fill it up. Okay, oh, fill no, let's, move on, let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So you made an ally for life, but then you're like, oh, this is a lovely story. This is definitely one which I'm going to tell to, potentially not children, but to somebody else where I'm like, oh, this is a lovely story. But if you decide not to fill up the bowl, and if you go, nah, mate, you're looking weird, allow, they will actually drown children, drink the victim's blood, assault women, and but they can be distracted by three obsessions, the first being cucumbers, which they can't resist. <laughs> And the second is sumo wrestling, and the third are jewels which are located in people's bodies. And I'm just going, what? What am I supposed to do with this? Where am uh, I supposed you, to take this as a story? Fill its dish. It'll just drown like any random child, or is it? Is it your child? I'm sure it's going to try and follow some sort of ancestry.com and try to find where your link is and where your people might be, and then kind of go down that route. But if I mean, it depends on how much effort the kappa puts in. What are jewels um, within your body? I really didn't want to talk about that because they say that jewels that contain the soul that are located in people's anuses and again, I yeah, it's it's a weird concept but apparently the soul lives up there, so Of course. And uh, why are people carrying these up there? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um the cappers if you because um, I didn't really do it justice by saying they're short and scaly and have beaks for mouths, but you remember Golduck from Pokemon? Yeah. The Golduck Pokemon is based on a kappa. Interesting. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the least menacing Pokemon I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I tried to redeem it somehow. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of different stories like that where you're like, okay then. That's it, no, that's pretty, that went heavy. Okay, um, speaking of demons, I'll do another one about demons if you want. Yes, please. So, this is one that they mentioned before. So, the town of uh, Nobur... No, God, I've been practicing this and I got it wrong already. The town of... Noborebetsu is famous for the hot spring hot spring waters that it's got because it's it's in a valley which is called the Hell Valley and it has a lot of volcanic activity. It's rocky and barren and it's located north of Onsen. Mm-hmm. And the valley is said to be the gateway to hell and it's inhabited by demons and every summer that door is opened and they, the Japanese hold what's known as the Jikoku Festival to celebrate, effectively. Right. So it happens every year and it happens over the last weekend of August 
and it's just basically a massive event of people being dressed up as demons they have demon floats and they have dances and dramas they have fireworks everybody's welcome the locals do it tourists can do it and mm-hmm. the festival is is about this the king of hell which is known as enema or yama and it's a giant blue and red ogre and the masked demons who are known as yukijin uh, the protective guardians of the springs and they turn up at night to prowl the streets for one weekend i'm sorry so it's like a the, the king of hell is an enema no his name is his name is um <laughs> enma right and so he comes out and then people are like let's celebrate yeah, so it's just the passing. He's he's <laughs> ensuring passage for things to go into hell. Nice. But surely that's a bad thing, right? Not really. If it's a murderer, if it's like John Wayne Gacy's stole, then it's like, okay, mate, can't crack on, throw it in there. It's not a, it's he's not in, he's not evil. He's just a demon that sees passage through. He's the king of hell. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what are you yeah, it's do? just a job, you know. Yeah, it's just yeah, a title, it's just mate. A job. Just a paycheck, right? Yeah, exactly. He's got to do his taxes, and so. Right. They have this, the, the iconic one is they have, you might have seen it, they have this massive float, which is uh, the demon, the red demon, and it has smoke spewing from its mouth, and it has its eyes lighting up, and it has these, like, ribbons which spit out of its throat, and things like that. That sounds pretty cool. And they, they, they have fireworks, the whole thing, and it goes down all the way all the way down the street, so everybody's welcome to get involved. It happens in August, and we'll put a link up again to show you where you can get more information on it and attend it, so that's something that you should definitely check out. For sure. And Zaki, did you say it was near Hell's Lake? Or in Hell's, Hell's Valley. Lake or Hell's Valley. Hell's Valley. Because it's really interesting how our, our research takes different routes, because I found something which was related to that, and but it was only like a, a, a little small sentence, which was, I found monkeys. Yeah, of course you did. Um, yes, of course yeah, you did. But, yeah. So this of was a big, interesting one, because yeah, it's not to be confused with the one about monkeys. That's something they said specifically. <laughs> I want to learn more about <laughs> said the monkeys. Two very different weekends. Yeah, honestly, two very, very different weekends. Like, where do you want to go? The monkeys? Where do you want to go? The hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my one started off by saying, hey, do you want? Do you like monkeys? And I'm like, yes. Do you like hot springs? I was like, maybe. They're like, well, do you like monkeys sitting in hot springs? And you can look at them whilst they're just chilling. Um, and you're like, sign me up. And I was like, where do I go? And then it says, located near <laughs> the Hell Valley or the Valley of Hell. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to say, really. So is this like a zoo or just you can, that's where No, they're, they're, it's, it's like um, a conservation area. So you, it's it's quite safe for them and you can just go there. And there's snow monkeys and they just sit in there's natural hot springs uh, to bathe in the onsens in the colder months. And it's, yeah, it's in the Joshinetsu Kogan National Park, but it's near where it's like he was talking about and yeah you can just go see them and just see how chill their life is and be jealous hmm. yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> sharing too much um and just quick shout out i was not going to spend too much time on here but yeah there's a lot of random islands which have animals so there's a cat island which has a billion out well maybe not a billion but a lot of cats um, and there's fox island or a fox zoo where they have zoos uh, zoos they have foxes uh, which you can go and see as well I don't see the benefit of that because we have enough of them in London, um, but you've got that as well. So there's there's a fair few different things um, yeah, animal-related as well. Rabbit Island as well. They have one <laughs> which is an abandoned island, if you've got time, if you can talk about it. Yeah, we have time. Yeah, so yeah. it's called Hashima Island. It has quite an interesting history, but the main kind of thing is that it's, it's also known as um, Gunkanjima, which is the battleship island, which is what it's known as. Mm-hmm. 
because it was a, a kind of it looks kind of like a battleship the island the shape of it and mm. it was a coal facility from 1887 to 1974 so people went there it was a massive coal mining industry it's actually a unesco world heritage site i think Okay, okay. And we can still go? You can still go. The mines got shut down and people effectively just left it. Because they ran out of milk. Similar, right? similar, <laughs> similar to what we talked about in Namibia with the um, with the village, the, the diamond village, but similar thing. Okay. But everybody just left at the drop of a hat and it's all abandoned now and it's sort of like a Last of Us looking kind of area. Everything's crumbled and updated, but you can you can go and see it still. It's, it's quite easy to find and it's very, very... Um, accessible i think it opened up in 2015 for people to start actually going there but it has got a little bit of a dark history from the world war and it was used as a laborer's thing and also as a prison of, of sorts mm-hmm. so they have some interesting talks and stuff about the history as well um but yeah it's quite a cool it's quite a cool area because it used to have i think it was about five thousand people that used to house at one point right, on this right. little island and it has schools and hospitals and houses and stuff so it's it's very 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 cool i don't think you can still go into the mines but you can definitely go into the places, and I think if you reach the top, there is a little shrine right at the top, and you can say a little thing to for the to people that didn't make it there for whatever reason. But yeah, it's definitely something to check out. Nice. And unless I'm mistaken, that that based on what you just said as well, that's probably at one point was the most populated place on the planet. I mean, small place, loads and loads of people. So mm. that's also the island where they filmed that bit of Skyfall. Remember where the villain oh, sort of kidnaps okay. James Bond and then. Yeah, take yeah. him to the island and then they shoot the woman in the head. Spoiler Again, great thing. summary. Great summary. I, I'm actually glad you did that because I was about to say that we can't finish this episode and you just talk about the best movie to come out of Japan being Tokyo Drift. So do you have any other moon movie references which we can slightly redeem ourselves in front of our audience? I do have something better, right? <laughs> please. That, please. I'm not a foodie, right? But food is actually one of the reasons I want to visit Japan. And the main thing is that they have more than 300 flavors of Kit Kats. I mean, this, wow. they've got classics like wasabi, vegetable juice, and soy sauce, <laughs> which was actually the best-selling flavor in 2010. And they've also got stuff like baked potato, pumpkin, Hokkaido melon with mascarpone cheese, and what? soybean. Wow. There's even this one uh, that's called, I think, the Bacon Tasty Mini Kit Kat's Custard Pudding Flavor, where you buy your Kit Kat, you shove it in the oven for a few minutes, and that caramelizes the sugar. And then when you eat it, it tastes like proper custard. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds really good. What's really cool is the sort of the marketing that went around this. So just by sheer coincidence, right? The word Kit Kat sounds a lot like Kitokatsu, which is Japanese for you will surely win or you will surely succeed. And so Mm -mm. um, Kit Kat basically used that coincidence to market all these Kit Kats as a kind of good luck charm. And they partnered with post offices all across Japan in this massive marketing campaign where um, you can sort of mail a Kit Kat to students. And there's space on the wrapper so you can write like a special message of encouragement to all the students just before they write an exam. Ah, nice. That's a nice touch. That's really, that's, that's really nice. And like, what's really fun is that all the different stores in Japan stock up on different flavors. So you can travel the country and try out the Kit Kats that are popular in that area. And I think that would be like a nice, fun thing to do when you're traveling, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. Some of these flavors are really impressive, though. Like raspberry passion fruit, uh, rock salt, sakura mochi. Mochi. Probably mochi. Salt and caramel, double cookie, soy flour, strawberry cheesecake, Tokyo banana, ginger ale, exotic Tokyo. I mean, they're so... They're 300. That sounds brilliant. I, I mean, I, I don't like the Hokkaido watermelon one you do. Yeah, it's that just sounds a bit not, nasty. Yeah. But the rest of it... I'd love to try that. That sounds awesome. That sounds fantastic. Mm. Certainly better uh, than talking toilets. <laughs> hey, man. 
Um, I've got one, one, one thing uh, which I'd like to talk about, if that's all right. So, uh, and this is, I'll put the link up for it as well, but there's a really good one around Ueno Zoo. And there's a, a drill almost where they see what happens if animals escape. Um, because since Japan is prone to a lot of earthquakes, they need to conduct drills once a year to go and see how do you make sure that you can stop a stampeding rhino, for example. So every February, a papier mache rhino lunges at staff of the zoo, and it's operated by two uh, zookeepers who are sitting inside this fake creature, and they go running around, tr- and people have to try and capture it. And you have that, you have staff members who are wearing very monkey suits suits and one is dressed as a tiger and they all try and storm the gates of the zoo and wreak havoc on the streets of Tokyo. Nice. (laughs) And then the zookeepers have to try and capture them, encircling them using tranquilizer, fake tranquilizer guns and tapping the ground with sticks and then it's it's to just get ready just in case something happens uh, with earthquakes in the zoo and animals get out. So it happens in the zoo from 20th to the 22nd of February but they always advise you to call beforehand to see what dates they're actually doing it because it's once a year and it just looks ridiculous and fun and why not? Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Nice. Um, right, so we are nearing the end of the episode, so are there any special mentions or shout-outs which we haven't been able to cover here and you just want to give a bit of a flavour? Um, Zucky, anything from you? Well, we haven't talked about the forest. Do you want to do but... a quick shout-out? No, because we'll cover that on an episode later on. Okay, we've lost him. Right, let's just mute that microphone now somehow. Same! Right. <laughs> Do you have any shout-outs? I have a couple of things which I won't be able to fit in this episode, but one thing I really want to talk about is musical roads. So there are okay. about 30 uh, musical roads across Japan that play different songs as you drive over them. So uh, you know those the little bumps on the road that go when you drive over them? Cat's eyes. Bang, bang. So, sorry, so what, what do they sound like? Sorry, I did, just didn't, didn't catch that. Do you mind? That's actually a very, very accurate yeah, That's yeah, very good. Yeah, so like, yeah. it just lets you know that you're going off the edge of the road or whatever, right? And so the, the musical roads use the same principle. So they've got, they've got these tiny ridges in the road that are placed at precise intervals. And if you drive over them at a certain speed, it'll produce a specific note. And by adjusting the distance between each ridge, you can create proper tunes and melodies and all that. And like there's a road near Mount Fuji where if you drive exactly 50 kilometers per hour, You'll hear like a classic mm. Japanese folk song. There's one that plays a, a pop song, like a popular Japanese pop song. And there's a brilliant one that actually plays country roads. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. And it's, it's it's like it's kind of a nice way to maintain a speed limit because they only play perfectly if you're going at the right speed. But like 100% okay. people are going to speed up to sound like it's on fast forward or drive really slow yeah. Yeah, to do yeah, it, like yeah, slow yeah. motion, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. can you imagine though, like you're... You've never been to this place before, you're driving alone at night, it's dark, and suddenly you hear this weird music coming from nowhere. I mean, that, that would freak that you out. Pretty... That, is, that is creepy. Depends what the music is, though. I mean, if it's country roads, I mean, that's just classic. Yeah. Yeah. Or Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can practically imagine you, Zim, just pl- like driving um, on this road by yourself, and then Zucky or I call you, and like, hey, Zim, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm just banging out some tunes. <laughs> Um, because you're yeah, that, that guy. that sounds exactly like it's like there are two of me. Of you're actually something that Izan would say, isn't it? Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, your accent changes throughout your life. Um, no, I just want to do a quick special mention to obviously the cherry blossoms, which are, are all over Japan. But if you can partner that up with uh, Mount Fuji, that's a really good experience. But of course, make sure that it's the right time to go and hike because there are only certain months where you can actually go and climb uh, Mount Fuji. Of course, Japan, you will be traveling to and from different cities. Tokyo to Kyoto is very popular, and the bullet train 
the beautiful thing, which is the bullet train, uh, is, is something which you would like to travel on. Mm. Tops of 200 miles an hour, brilliant. One thing I will say, and this is actual, oh my god, this is actual travel advice. Um, when you are considering going to Japan, make sure that you apply for the National Tourist Rail Card before you land in Japan, because you can't get the tourist discount when you're in Japan, so you have to make sure you submit it electronically, and we'll put the link up in our blog, um, and you apply for it, and then you collect it at the airport, but you can't actually register when you're at the airport, so make sure you get that, so you can get a huge discount and use it for a month on whatever train you want. You know what? It only took us five episodes, but we actually gave somebody some decent I advice. I can't believe we you've actually, actually given that. decent advice here. Yeah, that's impressive. That's... Five episodes in. Feeling quite proud of myself. Um, (laughs) I mean, speaking of the bullet trains, there was that, I think, the world's longest tunnel, and it includes a pretty long underwater aspect as well. And the bullet trains, when they go in the tunnel, they have to slow down because if they, the speeds that they go at, they would create so much pressure, it would just cave in the whole thing. Wow. So that, so that, like, it it would be fun, but also kind of scary. They've also got this, um, this levitating train, the magnetic train. I think it's called the Maglev in Japan. Yes, yes. I think it broke the speed record because it hit 374 miles an hour or 603 kilometers an hour in a test run. And it, it, it runs on magnetic rails, so it looks like it's levitating. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. And I mean, I've seen videos of it where people are like putting up pound coins on the yeah. side or uh, putting uh, yeah. coffee there and it nothing yeah, affects it. How brilliant is that? No, we are definitely, definitely doing that. Yeah. Definitely. Perfect. We are at the end of our episode, uh, so be sure to check us out on all the usual social media thingies. We're on the what's it called Instagrams and the the Facebooks and not on either one. Well, we will be. Okay, make a note for that. We need to do that. Okay, we'll be on that soon enough. Uh, And also, please do check out our blog for all the links which we've talked about, which is thelockdowntraveller.blogspot.com. And please make sure to do the, you know, the usual ask of follow and subscribe or whatever you do on Spotify. Then just a thank you to everybody who's given us all the feedback. We hit 100 followers, which is, or views anyway, which is just amazing. Uh, And all the feedback we've had from everybody has been really, really good and helpful. And we've, we've tried to tweak it wherever we can and make it better. But yeah, we're just really happy to hear that all you guys are enjoying it so thank you for all the support and all the comments that you've had um it's really helpful and and be sure to you know hit us up if you want to give us any feedback criticism um if you know any psychiatrists that can help Ali with his touching problems <laughs> things like that you know or anything that you want to know about or give us some feedback on feel free to email us uh, i think it's the the lockdown travel at gmail.com brilliant thank you very much and uh, gents always a pleasure we get there in the end um and see you all at the next one